Shalom. Our topic for today uh, is a, uh, a very broad one, even though it seems to be a very local one. What do I mean by that? The topic is, is it okay to set up a chuppah and kedushin in, in a shul, in the Beit Knesset, uh, where it's a, it's a broad topic because it brings up many grand issues. On the other end, it seems to be a very you know, local fine point of, of, of practice that, that doesn't really appear in the Gemara. Um, and, um, and yet uh, it, it, it happened to be a, a, a very big issue. Now we're learning once again from the works of Rav, uh, Rav Herzog, the chief rabbi, uh, um, the first, first chief rabbi uh, of, of Israel. He was the chief rabbi before the state of Israel. Also, he was the chief rabbi once Rav, after Rav Cook passed away. Uh, his Shalas and Shivas are Hechel Yitzchak. Actually, his writings are now republished by, Rav, by Mosada Rav Cook, uh, uh, 13 volumes or something like that. This is an interesting, we're gonna, now, God willing, we're gonna, we're gonna read through the tshuva itself. It's a very expressive uh, response. We will not be able to do justice to the topic as a whole. Um, I think this topic of, of, uh, of setting up a, a, a chuppah in a shul uh, is actually somebody should write a book over about. Uh, and as we read, uh, that'll come out why, why it is such a broad topic. Now, we're so so as I mentioned, we're not going to do justice to the breadth of the topic. On the contrary, we're going to be reading this one shuva about the topic, this one responsum uh, inside uh, from beginning to end. Um, now, Tavshin Bet is is uh, nineteen forty two. So this is before the state of Israel. Uh, Rav Herzog is the is is the the Rav Rashi, and his counterpart, his Sephardi counterpart, is Rabbi Sion Meir Chai Uziel. Hod kvodo yedid nafshi harava gona gadol amafursam rishon letzion kvod sor Torah Torah Rabbi Sion Meir Chai Uziel shlita Rav Rashi leretz Yisrael shalom uvarcha. So he writes, he gani he So I got your pamphlet that you wrote. Now, Rav Moshe Irira was a Rav from Saloniki, Saloniki, who made Aliyah Teretz Yisrael, and he was a Dayan in Tel Aviv. And, um, and he wrote this, this uh, uh, pamphlet or long essay on the topic of setting up a chuppah in the shul. Uh, as I was trying to discover who he was, uh, I found out that a descendant of his, his grandson of Moshe Harari, I have a, I have a sefer of his, uh, which is an excellent sefer as a set of svarim on the Chagim, uh, very, very well researched. And so I have one on, I believe, Yom Kippur. Anyways, uh, in the Poland Eretz Moladeti, in my birthplace, Poland, Uva Lita, and in Lithuania, where he went afterwards, all the countries that were included in the Russian Empire until the, the, the First World War, 
there people were accustomed. The custom was to to make the chuppah underneath the the heavens. Kippah is the dome of the heavens. So that's the way we refer to doing it outside underneath the stars. Uh, there was no place for this question. So they they were they there was a, a custom not just to do it outside anywhere, but to do it outside in the courtyard of the shul or near a shul. Um, now, now he Rav, Rav Herzog is the son of Rav Yoel uh, Herzog, who who uh, who was a Rav in a number of different places. Uh, because uh, eventually he was a rav in in England and uh, uh, I think also in Paris I forget. Um, so Rav Rav Herzog's Rebbe ended up being his father, and so in in many ways he was afterwards an autodidact, uh, a little bit outside of the of the um, uh, yeshiva system. Uh, there are a number of people like that 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 grew up in in a in a Torah way uh, outside of the yeshivas. Uh, so he writes, Anglia." When he came to England, and I came with him, I found that they were make they would make chupas in the shul. He was not 100% happy with that. He didn't have the, the ability to change it. It was a very entrenched, long-standing uh, custom. I was the same thing. Again, his father had already passed away. When he became the Rav of Belfast uh, in Ireland, I find the same custom there. Often I didn't have the ability to change it at all. I did not allow them to uh, play the organ, which I assume the post harmonium uh, is, the, is the organ. And, and I didn't even allow the piano. Um, in our holy land, thank God we don't have this bad custom. And anybody who changes, who tries to alter this and allow making the chuppah in a shul, so the burden of proof is upon him. He has the lower hand, so to speak. Not only by the Ashkenazim, where the custom is to do the chuppah outside underneath the, the stars, even the Sephardim who aren't particular about this, and they make the chuppah at home, we definitely should protest this innovation of making the, the chuppah in the shul. Now, after this next paragraph, we'll take a little bit of a, of a, uh, of a uh, gray box. Rav uh, Chaim Medini, Zal, now, 
there's no point in me writing at length because the Gon, the Tzadik, Rav Chaim Chizkiyot, the Medini Zal, the, the author of the Stei Chemed, who was from Hebron, and he became a Rav uh, in the far uh, east of, of, uh, of um, in, in far eastern Europe, uh, maybe already in Asia, I'm not sure. Uh, let, me, let me get the exact place. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, Constantinople. After he was there for 13 years. Then here we are. Um, Then he became the spiritual leader of the Crimean Jews. And he settled in Karasubazar in the Crimea in the year 1867. And for 33 years, he, he lived there. He devoted his life to them. He made yeshivot. Uh, and uh, he wrote literally an encyclopedia. Uh, it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing, amazing work. Uh, in in uh, the um, the the Stechemed. it's many many volumes, small type, and uh, and uh, uh, you know large large pages. He came back in 1899 uh, uh, to Hebron, and. Um, and then he passed away in 1905. So um, that's that's Medini, uh, the Stechemid. He's usually referred to as the Stechemid. Now he wrote uh, a long, long essay where he collects much of the material on on this topic of of uh, of weddings and shul. And now I'll explain why I think this is such a broad topic. What was the big deal about making a wedding in the shul? So. Ostensibly, there is there is a custom to make the wedding outside, tachat kipata because of the blessing of koyezaracha. Hakadosh uh, Baruch Hu took Avram Avinu outside. He pointed at the stars and he and he said, "Look at the stars, koyezaracha. Thus will be your your children." So, so the issue of making the wedding outside seemed to simply be an extra blessing because you're in a setting where you see the stars, the, the billions and billions of stars that HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed Avram Avinu and told him, if you can start count the stars, this will be the amount of your children. So it's a blessing for many children. 
so why would that be, uh, you know, somebody who, who doesn't do that particular custom, why would that be a minhagura? Why would that be a bad custom? Okay, he doesn't, uh, there's many customs. Uh, there's a custom in the ninth month of pregnancy in Eretz Yisrael for the, for the, for the husband to open up the, uh, the parochas for psicha. Somebody who doesn't do that is like a, a, a minagra. Um, uh, there's, there's many, many customs that are propitious for many things. Okay, so some of them like these are well-rooted and, and well-documented and others are less. But still, if somebody doesn't, uh, doesn't do that, what's the, I won't say what's the big deal. It's, it's very, very important to keep customs. Um, but, but why does it get such, uh, such uh, negative reactions by the, by the postkin? So there seem to be three uh, additional things. Number one, uh, Christians would make their weddings in the church and the desire to make weddings in the shul seemed to be an example of imitating Gentile uh, religious practices. And, uh, and that is a, a very, very uh, serious, serious uh, uh, issue, uh, not just a serious, serious issue in, in halacha, like in the halacha books, but it was a serious issue going on at the time in, in Europe. And so when people, like, like you would say, offhand, you would say like, well, why do you want to change this, this beautiful custom of people gathering in the courtyard of the shul outside and doing the chuppah underneath the stars? Is there anything more beautiful than that? And why would you want to change that? So you say, well, it's, it's cold in winter. Oh, okay, but, but they want to change it in summer. Why would you want to change such a thing? What's the, what's the big deal? What's burning so much that you don't want, to, you don't want the blessing of the, of, of the kohi azarecha? What's going on? So that was one thing which was, which was uh, very serious. It seemed to be an attempt um, to, to imitate uh, Gentile uh, practice. And, uh, and you see that when he speaks about, I, I couldn't fight, I chose my battles. He says, when I was in Belfast, I couldn't change the thing about, about the wedding in the, in the shul, but at least I, held, I, 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 uh, I stuck to my guns when it came to, uh, to the organ and even the piano. What's the connection? The answer is, these are two examples of Gentile practices. So that's one thing. And that's that's a major issue, and this is part of a a a, a major topic, and um, and the second issue was uh, about kedushas Pesach Nessus, about about the holiness of the shul, and here it gets a little more, if you will, complicated. One of the things that the the uh, the uh, Stechemed mentions is that people were. Uh, were uh, it, it was against the special reverence that people were supposed to have in the shul. The shul is called the mikdash ma'at. The rules of how to act in a shul are very similar to the rules of how to act in the base of mikdash. And 
there are differences which are very interesting. But when it comes to uh, reverence, when it comes to seriousness, so that's a big part of of um, of, of conduct in a shul. So you say, what's more holy than a Jewish wedding? True, but, uh, and this is another uh, example of, of, of what seems to be the historical development. Uh, the issue of, of modesty and, and, and preserving, preserving the holiness of, of, uh, of men and women and the relationship between men and women has been an issue since time immemorial. But the issue really took off uh, in a big way uh, in, the, in the 19th century, in the 20th century. And having a wedding in a shul will also mean uh, uh, men and women uh, uh, in a mixed setting being in the shul. Uh, people uh, perhaps dressed in a non, in an immodest way in the shul, uh, people talking in a way that would not be appropriate in a shul. Uh, in general, uh, it, it, it contrasts with, with the image of, of what should be going on in a shul. So that's a second issue. Uh, there is a third issue, uh, again, all besides the Kippat Tashamayim, which is more connected with the Kippat Tashamayim. It could be that merely changing a custom itself, wherever that custom holds in the hierarchy of, of, of Jewish customs, but merely changing a custom itself was something that became a much more serious issue as people were drifting away from, from tradition, uh, as reform was going on, and there was, uh, there was worry that that would happen not only in Western Europe, but in Eastern Europe. So, uh, essentially, there are four different issues about, about a wedding, having a wedding outside of a shul. Number one, it should be underneath the heavens because of the blessing of Avram Abinu, Number two, that custom itself should be kept like all customs in order to hold on to customs and hold on to, to tradition and transmission and, and, uh, and, and thereby hold on to halacha. Uh, number three, uh, it was it was a setting where the sanctity of the shul was endangered, and and finally number four and probably the most important thing that that made this such a big issue was that it seemed to be a move to imitate imitate gentile practice. Um, now you can see nafkamin is between them. You can see practical ramifications. For instance, uh, I was once at a wedding where the shul had a a a, a, a a square opening in the ceiling where the ceiling could be opened up so that so immediately beneath that opening in the ceiling, the chuppah would be. So the chuppah would be underneath the kipata shamaim, underneath the heavens to get the blessing of Kozi Azarecha, but it was still in everybody was everybody was in the shul. Now in the shul also, you could have it in the shul with the machitza. And the men will sit only on this side, and the women will sit only on this side, and the chuppah will be over here. Um, but they might be sitting together. But at the end of the day, the chuppah is still being done in in the synagogue. Um, anyways, now vani um, mosif. Now, Rav 
Rav uh, Herzog says, I want to add one thing to the, which I assume you mean to add one thing to the, uh, uh, to the Stechemen. It's even prohibited according to the law, uh, uh, the laws of, of, of Kedusha's Vesek Neses, uh, to, to kiss a child in the shul. Now, this is, seems to be like sort of a, uh, oh, what do you mean? That's wild. Because we're only supposed to show Chiba to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the shul. Um, ask your local rabbi for practical applications of that for a child who is crying, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And in the chupa, it's impossible to avoid uh, inappropriate kissing. Not only the chassan and the kala, uh, but even relatives and friends, men and women who could die bizayom vaketsa for isur mama shokirba darayos venida bevesa mikta amakudas lavodas Hashem. And it is a shame and it's it's it arouses uh, anger, I assume anger from above, and it's mamasha prohibition of of coming close to Gilai Rayos, uh, uh, sexual sins and Nida. Very often the women are not keeping Yochos Nida in a house that is sanctified for Avodas Hashem. And I would always, uh, again, he's, he's dealing with uh, what's really going on. 1950s, uh, 1940s, 1950s. And I would, I would always warn them in, uh, in writing and, and uh, I would speak with them. Uh, they should not kiss. Sometimes they listened, sometimes, many times they didn't. Very, it deeply distressed me. Uh, again, when you, when you think about what, what the image, what the, what the ideal of, of Jewish marriage is and the sanctity connected with that and, and how much uh, is, is uh, how much, uh, kedusha and modesty is is part of the Jewish marriage, uh, uh, and then and then for this to be happening at a Jewish wedding is something that is extremely scary for somebody who is steeped in the sources to see. This great uh, breach in the wall, where men and women are 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 uh, mixed together. In the earlier, better days, so to speak, you could set it up that only the mothers would go in. Or if the mothers weren't, well, the mothers weren't alive, so you would have somebody in their place. You can't make fences on this. There, and the, the great tikkun, the great uh, now, fixing, repair, uh, uh, protective setup that was done in the Beit HaMikdash. Now, what is he referring to? The Beit HaMikdash, so originally, they, they wanted the, the women to be uh, involved. And they, they, it's interesting, it was only eventually that they settled on making a balcony for the women. Um, they found that there was immodesty even in the Beit HaMikdash. And so uh, they, they made a tikkun gadol 
for the Simchat Beit HaShoeva. So when there was the joys and festivities, they wanted to make sure that the joy and festivities of, of Sukkot remained modest. So if in the Beis HaMikdash, they had this issue, and they had to make a a geder beit hamikdash amat mitchalel So similarly, the mini beit hamikdash, the shul, um, uh, is 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 desecrated because of that. Baruch Hashem shezachiti lavol arzenu akdosha. Thank God I was able to come to our holy land. And my eyes uh, stopped seeing these these uh, uh, mess ups. Uh, at least in the holy places. We were worried about what went on. Now people want to now people want to bring this up again and bring bring weddings into the shul. Certainly, we have to stand up uh, powerfully against all of these these uh, alterations, deviations, changes. It is from Zion, from Eretz Yisrael, the Torah will go out. The, the exile should learn from Israel. And we shouldn't learn from new things that are going on in Western Europe. We were sad about them going on there. We didn't have the power to stop them. Now you can see that 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 the the whole thing was an initiative that people had had to have shuls done in the in the in the, in the have weddings done in the shul. I just want to add to one thing. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. Well, we'll do it in this one. Mim kavanatamhi losif sviva. If their goal is, and this is a very likely thing, and my son showed me that in a in a biography of Reb Shimshon Wolferl Hirsch, it wrote that he brought up this point. They want if if their intent is to add to the wedding ceremony a an element of holiness of a holy environment. In other words, uh, if they're in some wedding hall somewhere, or they're just anywhere in a hotel, or or uh, or uh, or in Israel we do weddings in industrial zones for some reasons. So if there's if if there's just they're just and so then. There's there anyways in a in a very non-holy environment, then it'll just be totally uh, messed up. So why not make the make the wedding in a shul? Somebody might suggest, and then there'll be a a certain uh, people will feel a certain sanctity of the shul. So that sanctity of the shul will rub off on the on the people, and the and the and the wedding will be will be more tame. You could set up a place in the courtyard of the shul, which would be open where the chuppah is. Then it'll have, meaning it'll have that issue of a holy context. Meaning if you want to have the holy context, so do it in the courtyard of the shul. Now, probably in Israel, Practically, it's not always so easy to do a, a wedding in the courtyard of a shul. You have to have a shul that's constructed with that in mind. Um, but uh, but and but you might also build something there. Even the Sfardim don't need that. It should be a separate place in the courtyards of the house of God of the shul. 
similar to the wedding houses. Now, it, the Gemara talks about, about uh, building a Beit Chatnut, a wedding house. And so it could be that was a that was a place like we would say a wedding hall nowadays, and they would have a place to do weddings. Or it could be, and this I heard from an, an Ethiopian student, uh, uh, and then I heard a similar thing from a Moroccan neighbor that in Ethiopia, and it sounds like they did something also like this in Morocco, that they would build a large hut and the wedding festivities would take place there for seven days. Um, so in the, in, in the times of Chazal, they had a Beit Chatnut. This was something that even is brought in in, in Hoshen Mishpat. In no uh, in no way should the should the should the wedding be in the shul itself. He who sanctifies his nation Israel, he should sanctify us with an upper with an elevated upper kedusha. And he should he should purify our hearts to serve him in truth. Yedid, uh, uh, just a minute. Yedid, wow. I forgot what that what that first. I don't know if I knew what this first abbreviation was. Hametzapeli Yeshua Krova, who is looking forward to an to a to a, 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 a salvation coming close, coming quickly. Hachotem bevirkat kol tuvsela, who is signing with a blessing of all goodness. Mokiro Machabdo, one who honors him uh, and values him. Keerko aniskav in his his high level. I mean, he's referring to Rav Uziel Yitzchak Isaac Alevi Herzog. That's the that's the shuvah I wanted to share with you today. Uh, we we discussed the four different reasons uh, for for not doing a wedding in a shul. One is positive to make sure that it's underneath the heavens. Uh, another is to hold on to minhagim uh, and 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 avoid uh, a a a a, 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 a veering away from tradition. Uh, Number three is because of modesty and sanctity of the shul. And, and number four is, is not imitating Gentile practices. And, uh, and Rav, Rav Herzog very uh, uh, beautifully and frankly and uh, shares his personal experiences on this topic and, and his thoughts about, uh, about it with, with his counterpart, the Svarti Rishon Lezion, Rav Benzion Meir Chai Uziel.